The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation with Brian McLean and Lynn Shaw on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Welcome to State of the Nation. This is Lynn Shaw, live from New York City, along with my, my wonderful co-host, Brian McLean, live in Central Texas. This is TNT Radio. Today's News Talk, tntradio.live is the website. Call in. Our lines are open. The phone number for the open line is on the website and will be played in the breaks. We want to hear from you. Across America, we've got the interactive chat for you. The TNT shop is full of goodies. Shop for truth, not propaganda. Brian, we need to do a read first, a very important one on Saturday, uh, October 14th. Australians will have their say in a referendum about whether to change the Constitution to recognize the First Peoples of Australia by establishing a body called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice this Saturday, tomorrow, September 23rd. Join the worldwide rally for freedom Australia-wide and say no to the voice. The Sydney rally, hosted by TNT Radio's Dean Mackin, will feature a range of high-profile speakers and cultural activities. So bring your friends, flags, signs, hat, as Brian likes to say, your TNT hats, and sunscreen too. TNT Radio and Chris Smith will be on the air live from Hyde Park from 11 a.m. Midday, New York starting at 9 p.m. and London starting at 2 a.m. You can listen to and watch the main event on tntradio.live between 12 and 2 p.m. Australian time. Location and time of rallies are listed on the website. There are multiple locations, times, so go to tntradio.live and be part of truth, not propaganda. Brian, how are you doing today, my dear friend? Fantastic, Lynn. Very good day. Beautiful out here in Central Texas. We are uh, two days from officially hitting fall or autumn, if you prefer. And uh, it feels like it here. Very nice day. Very happy to be here with you. Okay, I like that on a Friday, kind of a fall festive feeling. Well, here in New York City, I'm getting different weather alerts that we should, we might, we should be having some kind of nor'easter. I'm not really paying attention to them because Brian, they're wrong a lot, so I don't have time yeah. to to work on that. But they're saying stay in your homes. It could be a really bad, windy, washout kind of weekend and uh, be alert. So with that being said, New York, I, I got to say it, Brian, Biden, I, I can't really say president, so I'll just say Joe Biden. Joe Biden really gave what we call here in New York. New Yorkers call it the Bronx chair. Do you know what that is, Brian, the Bronx chair? Uh, when I was it's in sixth kind grade, of a- they told me that was a flatulence. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct or not, though. Okay, well, we we call that the Bronx cheer. And uh, they basically Biden Biden gave that to uh, Mayor Eric Adams here in New York City and all of New Yorkers because he snubbed repeated invitations to meet with Mayor Eric Adams about the migrant surges, the illegal aliens. Now, he was invited to go to the Roosevelt Hotel, the main place where they're processing. When you first get to New York, he refused. He refused. He refused. There's nothing for New York. And our governor, Kathy Hochul, just announced that, you know what? We just can't keep taking in all these people. There's no right to shelter, which our guest, Bob Stranieri, lawyer, pointed out is not really a law for the state of New York. So they're even shutting down the governor, the mayor. Washington's ignoring them. Biden was here most of the week. Nobody cares about New York. They're learning their lesson, Brian. 
But I thought we were a sanctuary city. I mean, New York, uh, Santa it. Cruz, L.A., all these places. We're supposed to San Francisco. We're sanctuary cities, right? We like this. This was the intention. Or did we not think this all the way through, I wonder? Ryan, whoever thinks it all the way through coming out of Washington, I do <laughs> want to question. say, <laughs> just let that one go. But like, I want to say Congress. Traditionally, Brian, they're not in their offices, uh, members of the Senate, the House, on Mondays and Fridays. You never do business on Mondays and Fridays. You get them in the middle of the week. They had the nerve to all pile out of the city. They'll go home on weekends. Yesterday, Thursday, when we're facing this government shutdown, Brian, don't you think they should just work through the weekend and handle this crisis that they're dealing with instead of flying off and taking their trains, whatever they're doing, and going home? They just left. Washington, I hear, is a ghost town. They don't care about us. Oh, no, of course not. They don't care about government shutdowns either. And frankly, it should be shut down. They should shut it down until they can get their crap together. I don't even, you know, I, I was a government employee when we had a shutdown some years ago. Uh, not a big deal. I'll just say it. Not a big deal. Uh, if we got to shut down government for a little while, it's really not the end of the world. Um, it shuts down. I think Steve Hook said it this morning. It shuts down Friday every day of the week and the sky does not fall. There you go. I'm concerned about some of the employees, just staff members that they don't get paid if it shuts down. These, you know, young people, hardworking interns straight out of college who are working as assistants and legislative aides, just not getting paid. And also, uh, I want to talk about something I wanted to bring up yesterday, Brian. Joe Biden has employed a TikTok army. This is coming right like out of the White House administration. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of um, uh TikTokers, they're bashing constantly. Now, this is something we talk about a lot. They are being financed by George Soros. We use that for shorthand, but, you know, Open Society Foundations and these Gen Z TikTokers to push these extreme left wing causes and views and just constantly bash conservatives. But I ask you, Brian, I say it every day. Why don't we just do the same thing back? You know, take put the gloves on. It's time. We can't be so polite. I'm tired of it. Just just do it back because you know what? We have a lot of truths and facts on our side, not even a side. Just present truths and facts and fight back. And Republicans refuse to do it. I do not understand because remember, our young people are seeing all of this. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we do in a sense. I mean, if you look at the uh, popular conservative accounts out there, you know, like Ian Miles Chung, for example, who's uh, been a guest on this show or... I don't know, even actors like James Woods, you know, there's a lot of people at Libs of TikTok is probably the best example. We've had the woman from Libs of TikTok on with us before. Raya, yeah, it, it to to yeah, exactly. And and to counter this, you don't even really have to do the same horrible tactics. You just have to repost it in your own echo chamber of people that aren't used to seeing that and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh my god, this is how these people are behaving. This is what they actually think." Uh and then, you know, hopefully a viewer is uh, smart enough to to look into it, you know, and say, oh, uh, who funds these people? Oh, this is this is my tax dollars funding this uh, tax dollars uh, and and open society NGOs. Interesting, you know. So I, I don't think we can expect Republicans yeah. to uh, take anything take take our fight anywhere. Pretty much, I mean, I think it's done. I, I don't think that they're they are feckless. On that note, they are feckless. If you miss your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT radio website. We are also on all major 
podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now, there is no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Your trusted news source. Something you just can't question. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has declared an invasion at the southern border, attributing it to the Mexican drug cartels. This declaration comes as Governor Abbott takes a firm stance against escalating security crisis and the influx of criminal activities from across the border. Joining us is Bob Price, political news contributor for Breitbart, Texas, and also an expert about all issues related to the border. Bob Describe this war, the invasion that Brian are talking about every day, this invasion on America. It's getting worse every hour. What will it take to end this horrendous national security threat? Well, what it will take to end it, and and what this is, is just complete chaos, the elimination of our southern border by the Biden administration. Uh, What it will take to end it is for Republicans to get off their butt in the Congress and pass some laws, get them through the Senate, and get our border secured. Either that or step out of the way and let Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and what about the numbers? We've seen some staggering video and some staggering claims about numbers coming across. Eagle Pass sector is under the microscope this week. And heck, we've been looking at the Tucson sector in Arizona also in this last month or so. And the numbers that that we're seeing reported in the videos that we're seeing are frightening. Uh, can you give us any update on uh, the, the kind of statistics we're looking at? Right now we're looking at between six and 8,000 per day across the entire Southwest border, but just in Eagle Pass, little town of Eagle Pass, 30,000 people of population. Just in the last six days, they've had over 10,000 people cross into this town. That's a third of the population of the city and border patrol is taking them into these processing centers that are already at 300% capacity and they're not even getting these count numbers that I'm getting are actually low because what they're doing is they're taking a bunch of them and sending them off to the Laredo sector or sending them to the Big Bend sector or sending them to the Rio Grande Valley sector to be processed and they'll eventually get counted into the Del Rio sector's numbers but right now they're not they're just in limbo. And so this 10,000 number that we're seeing is going to get a lot higher as we go. The interesting thing, the August numbers were way up, as were the July numbers. You know, the Biden administration made a big deal out of the drop in June, 90% drop. Well, 90% from a record high is still a record high. And so it was, it dropped in June, but July it was up 30%. August it was up another 30%. And September is looking like it's going to be up 40 or 50%. So it, the numbers are outrageous. It's completely out of control. Uh, but here's what the Biden administration did do. The Biden administration shut down the international rail bridge that comes from Piedras Negras into Texas. They shut down the land border bridge that's crossing there. So they closed off legal crossings of the border while they're doing nothing at all to stop the illegal crossings. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Bob. I wanted to ask you about that because I was trying to do a little research earlier. That's And correct me, though, this is where the trucks come over and bring goods and things like that. That's what they, they shut down that bridge. Is that correct? Because I was trying to find out what, what's in these trucks. Come, is, it, is it produce or something coming from Mexico? Because, again, that will trickle down. I, I don't know. Do you know what's in these trucks? Because I couldn't really find out what was going on. What do you know? 
a lot of beer in these trucks. <laughs> beer, <laughs> so okay. a, lot, a lot of avocados. <laughs> uh, but but more importantly, there's there's auto parts that aren't coming to the United States there, which maybe isn't such a big deal since the auto workers unions on strike, thanks to Joe Biden. Um, but look at this rail system that's down. Completed cars are not coming across the border. Industrial parts are not coming across the border. Consumer products are not coming across the border. The economic impact, the, the stock for two of our biggest rail companies in the United States is down significantly in the last couple of days because Biden shut down this bridge and we're not getting the transportation. Trains are getting backed up in Mexico, but not only that, trains are getting backed up in the United States because they can't haul stuff to Mexico. You know, those trains go down full and they come back up full. And, and all of that has been stopped because Biden is stopping legal border crossings, but doing nothing to stop illegal border crossings. Oh, my goodness. And, and we've also seen video yeah. of uh, uh, portions of border wall that have been, you know, that have like a, you know, a, a easeway or a door, if you will, that have been welded open um, across the areas that do have, uh, you know, border wall. Uh, what do you have any any update on on that? Like, you know, places that are just left wide open on purpose? Well, my colleague Randy Clark went out there. Uh, Randy actually lives in Eagle Pass. And uh, the week before last, he was actually out in the Tucson sector, out in this region where they welded these gates open. And it's actually a, a regular thing that they do this time of year. It's oddly enough, it's the monsoon season in, in Arizona, if, if Arizona has a monsoon season, but they do. And so because of the flooding that's created, flash flooding that's created by these heavy rains, um, they weld these gates open for about a month to six weeks. And, and let the waters flood through there. Well, guess who else floods through? The cartels find out about this and immediately they move their migration. You saw this big shift from El Paso, which was leading the nation out there to the Tucson sector and, and huge numbers now in the Tucson sector where they were getting, you know, Tucson was getting 2,200, 2,400, 1,800 a day uh, just in the last few weeks. And, and that's because of that. Now, supposedly, our, our sources with the Border Patrol told Randy, who's a, a retired Border Patrol supervisor, a 32-year veteran, and um, they told him that those gates will be welded back shut. Um, but that doesn't slow the cartels down. You know, they they move, they adapt. Uh, you're seeing now when they when they stop the trains that were coming to Eagle Pass, the the cartels started shifting the trains out to to El Paso. To Juarez, so you're you're going to see now El Paso dealing with a big spike probably next week, and the cartels just shift their strategy every time something happens along the border. They I'm Bob Randy Clark. I know him. Than, than our Department of Defense, I think. Yeah, I think so. I I don't know. It seems like to me, Bob and Brian, they're running everything on the border and nobody's stopping them. They're just running amok. Um, you know, Bob, I wanted to say uh, Randy's a good man. I know him doing do, doing a lot of fantastic work. Uh, thank you for mentioning his name. You know, let me ask you a hypothetical question. You know, let's assume Texas was invaded by, I don't know, criminals of um, roving motorcycle outlaw gangs and like hundreds and thousands terrorizing, you know, terrorizing the citizens and using up the resources and, you know, foreign born, even governor Abbott would be able to certainly under the law, I don't know, indict them, arrest them, 
process them, imprison them, maybe, right? So seriously, why, why are we allowing all of this? Because every day, Brian and I are reporting on this, and it's getting worse and worse every single day. Well, here's one of the things that happened. Um, about a month ago, the city of Eagle Pass, during the su- early part of the summer, the city of Eagle Pass declared that area with this park where the crossings, most of the crossings are happening in Eagle Pass. They declared that to be private property, authorizing the DPS to go in there and enforce criminal trespass laws and criminal mischief laws and other state laws that are being broken when they cross through this private property. Well, about a month or so ago, um, the mayor did that. The mayor of Eagle Pass did that. And, And then about a month ago, the city Council of Eagle Pass said, no, 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 we're not doing that. And so they rescinded the the mayor's order and, and declared that to be public property again in that area. And then you saw the floodgates open. You know, you, you the DPS couldn't go in there and make any arrests. So you've got the Border Patrol that's just doing catch and release 3.0 uh, in there. And so the cartels, again, they made an adjustment. They saw, oh, it's wide open there in Eagle Pass. And about three or four weeks later, you see this massive influx of Venezuelan migrants, mostly Venezuelan migrants, coming across the border there in Eagle Pass. So this week on, uh, what day is this? This is Friday, so it'll be Wednesday. The city council of Eagle Pass uh, reinstated the area as, as private property. And now DPS is getting set up and they actually made some arrests yesterday. Um, but my understanding is that they ended up not, there's a big political squabble going on now between the border patrol and DPS and who's going to grab them and who's going to do what with them. And DPS says, we only want the single males. We'll give you back the, the family units. And I mean, it's, it's just chaos down there. And it's, it's intentional chaos from the Biden administration that that's pushing all this forward. Well, Bob Price, the story will continue. Breitbart.com. Thank you for joining us today here on State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. You should hear what Steve Hook is talking about. Got to give it up to the cops. I mean, they uh, stayed on this. They were coming under intense pressure saying, why haven't you guys caught him? And this is why being a cop is such a thankless job. You do everything you can to catch these kinds of guys. And, you know, one person uh, in Woodlands and uh, and not in the middle of a suburban neighborhood by any stretch, it's not easy. And they come under withering uh, attack for that. Uh, And then, of course, if they do catch him and they rough him up a little bit because he deserves to be roughed up, although they didn't, but he deserves to be... If that gets caught, then they're like, what are these cops doing? And they're, they're beating on this guy. Well, this guy killed two people, so I could really give a rip about what they do to him. And I hope that they told the dogs, sick him and bite him. <laughs> but I don't know, but they did get him, and he is now no longer a fugitive. Um, and and that's, that's good. So everybody, at least on the East Coast, is breathing a bit of a sigh of relief over this. Steve Hook and today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Affordable housing. We can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. 
Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Let's talk about the state of the nation. Call Brian McLean and Lynn Shaw now from the U.S. and Canada. Call 1-888-201-6425. From the U.K., call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Any old comic book fans out there? Anybody know the... The point of reference of Bizarro World. Well, here's a quote. The point of Bizarro World is to make the real world appear so chaotic, so dangerous, so uninhabitable that we will happily give ourselves over to the technocrats who promise to make it all better. End quote. Those are the words of our next guest, Karen Hunt, a writer and host of the Break Free podcast. Karen, welcome back to State of the Nation. Do you have some examples of this bizarro world we're all occupying now? Uh, yes, I certainly do. So I got into this uh, comparison between Bizarro World, which which is actually a comic, uh, DC comic, and and Bizarro World is actually the opposite of um, the of Earth. And in fact, they call it. Uh, it's called head. Hitray, which is Earth spelled backwards, and everything in Bizarro wor- World happens the exact opposite. Good is evil, evil is good, up is down, left is right, all of that. And I thought, wow, that's exactly like the world that we're living in. So I wrote about that, and I did write some examples. For example, we have you know, number one example, our president, the, the most powerful man in the entire world, and yet he is completely weak, confused, uh, out of his mind and yet there he is running the world. So that was my top example. Um, we've got the First Lady Jill Biden. I've got a picture of her standing with all of these bizarro characters that could come out of the bizarro world, these drag queens. There's this little petite Jill Biden next to these enormous uh creatures and and she's smiling there in her blue suit and i say she's probably the most dangerous one of the bunch why because she's married to the most powerful man in the world so and it goes on from there but you're leaving out the best karen you finished bizarre world (laughs) when i read it with a picture of my favorite i think brian's too kamala harris with her (laughs) cackling kind of over that's when we think of her that's what we think of you know, so I agree with everything you're yeah, right, Brian. Look at that, please. Um, I, you know, I agree with everything, your whole premise wholeheartedly, but I'm always Karen Karen trying to like ex- explain this to mm-hmm. our youth, you know, to the generation who's been born, I'll say like 30 and under, in captivity. And I'm just met with these kind of blank stares. But it's just there for us. It's like truth and facts, and you break it down. Again, how can we get to them? How can we change their minds or get them just to start critically, you know, maybe analyzing or reading things? Because I'm having a tough time doing it. 
Yeah, this is a big question. And actually, it, we really don't matter all that much because we're, we're, you know, we're the older generation. We're the ones that remember what it was like before Bizarro World, you know. So our youth are actually living in Bizarro World and they think it's perfectly normal and perfectly natural. And um, but I, what, what I think is that we, you know, and this might not be the answer people want to hear, but I'm famous for that, um, that, uh, you know, we're not going to solve this problem. They will solve this problem eventually because they will realize eventually what I think what's going on, at least at least a cadre of youth, you know, who, who are actually in the system, they're going to fight it from within. We can't do that because we don't even, you know, we're, we're sort of behind. So we don't even understand our youth. I mean, I talk to them and I've talked to a lot of youth and they say, you don't understand. They might have inklings about it, but but they say we I have to live in this world. I have to live in this world. Like like they don't see any choice but living inside that world and accepting it. Now at a certain point I think they will there will be those who who will stop accepting it. Like I wrote in in the piece the Luddite kids. You know, there are those who are fighting against it, but they're going to find ways within technology, really smart ways. That's what I think that, that we can't even imagine now. So that's hard to hear because we want to think and and we are doing things now, but what I believe like for example with my writing is I'm leaving something a legacy behind that one day I try to I say it like this, someone's going to find something dusty you know, in a, that was printed out in a, in a, you know, in a box, they're going to read it and then they're going to start passing it around in old fashioned way. They're going to start finding things. They're going to start discovering things that remind that, that are going to touch their souls. And I think that there will be, you know, an awakening. I, that's what I believe will happen because there's always has to be a balance. There has to be, we're not going to go so far into bizarre world that we can't be drawn back or else, you know, the whole thing's going to just blow up. Yeah, the pendulum has to move once it hits the apex, you know, and what that's going to look like, we don't know. We're seeing the embers already. We just saw in Pennsylvania a whole group of school kids walk out uh, over the uh, transsexual or pansexual or cat litter box bathroom policies. I don't, I don't, I don't, you just never know what they're doing in the schools. But students were walking out over it. I thought that was a good sign. Good to see that that fits right into some of your writings there, especially with the Luddite kids and with what we're talking about right now. Now, we got a headline inbound here, but when we come back, I want to ask you about how COVID fit into the Bizarro era, because I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. So hold the line. We'll be right back after this headline with today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Newsflash! TNT Radio News. This is James O'Neill with a check of today's headlines. Former U.S. President Donald Trump said that if re-elected, he would shift resources from federal law enforcement agencies and send thousands of overseas-based troops to secure the southern border. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said on Thursday that he denied a request from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to address Congress, as members of his caucus increasingly have expressed reservations about whether to keep sending billions of dollars to Ukraine amid its war with Russia. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to TNT Radio? Why not stream us direct from our website on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device? Or download our app from the App Store. We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Karen Hunt is our guest. Karen, what do you think about Bizarro World and COVID? I mean, nothing describes it better than those three years to me. I guess I shouldn't even call it a certain span of time because now they're saying they're going to bring masks back and all this trash we're hearing in the in the rumblings. 
Yeah, I mean, Bizarro World really, really came into its own with COVID. But we have to remember that, you know, it's, it wasn't, a, it didn't, it, there wasn't suddenly COVID. A lot of things happened before that to prepare people to accept COVID. And I think the biggest thing about that is drugs. The, the, our drug culture, we, we accept, we already accepted drugging, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of our children with Ritalin in schools. Just remember that parents were already giving their children up to the state to be drugged, to be to be remedied. Everybody already believed that they could fix themselves with a pill, with, a, with an injection. This has been going on a long time. So when COVID came and people were told that there was this great this massive fear that we had never seen before, people immediately, they turned to what they had been programmed and conditioned to do. And I believe that when that the, that the powers that be, when they realized that parents, not all parents, because a lot of parents resisted it, but still and millions of parents submitted their children to an experimental gene therapy, they, I think that they knew that they could pretty much at that point do anything now they pull back they 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 create these um horrific terrifying disasters and they give us some peace it's like an abusive parent um you know or, or an abusive partner um you know they abuse you and then they say and then they pat you on the head and say now do better next time do better next time and then you have a moment of peace and it happens again and that's what we're seeing now and and, and people are still being conditioned to accept this the next terror if they're able to get people to do it again it will have to be a greater terror than than the last time but it, but madness has ensued some people even say what was there something in those vaccines i don't know yeah. that's all you know because people are acting really so strange however people are acting strange on both sides i mean you have it on both sides now everybody because they've created this um extremism and you have to be part of an extremist cult either one side or the other that's what we are being pushed into so that there's there is no longer any middle ground and this is the madness and the insanity that we're seeing you know you, you can't just be be uh, rational you have to react in an irrational manner it's it really is a bizarre world and there's so much anger out there and i don't know because of uh, social media we see people beating each other up if you just saw in the stands of the football game i mean violently women pulling each other's hair out and and things and again maybe just because we have access to you know phones with cameras we're seeing i don't remember that happening like you know a couple of decades ago or even 10 years ago um i i want to and they and karen i also think they're spraying things in the air you know yeah. we don't know about vaccines but the the air in new york city i'm telling you and i'm not a scientist but there's something different going on with the air there there's just something i don't know but anyway i want to ask you about um you say we should reject start looking at metaverse crypto interplanetary colonization and transhumanism Mm -hmm. Now, leading into we have Bizarro World. So this certainly seems like Bizarro World Part 2. Um, give us your thoughts on all of this, what we should be on the lookout for. Well, the ultimate goal, and this features in, in so much of my writing, you know, the ultimate goal is transhumanism. And um, th this is what these these sort of oligarchs at the top, and I talk about uh, about them a bit in the, art, in the article that I wrote, um, this is their ultimate goal. So um, if you could say, and I say, say if you could give uh, awards to the most influential creators of, bizarre, of our bizarre world, Jim Lee, you know, the, the, the biggest creator 
creator of DC Comics would probably give it to Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and Mark Andreessen. These are the creators of this alternate universe, this alternate reality that we are supposed to become a part of because the real world is going is becoming so dangerous and so horrific that we are going to you know happily submit ourselves to this alternate universe but in or, order to do that we must alter our bodies and so basically the human race is just kind of a, a huge a petri dish of experimentation for these you know for these sort of uh, people who are who who consider themselves to be sort of gods and that want to actually become gods and they want to f figure out the secret to eternal life basically i mean it sounds crazy but this is always the ultimate goal of anyone in power imagine you've got everything but you're still gonna die you know i mean this this is a terrible terrible thing for these people um they they don't want that to happen so they're trying to madly find the answer of how, or at least extend their lives long enough so that they can then figure out the ultimate, you know, but, but to ultimately do that, you have to be God and we are finite beings. And this is in extreme insanity because a finite being cannot be infinite. You know, you will just uh, implode basically in your effort to try to be that. So, Karen, this week, Elon Musk has announced that they're starting their first human trials with yes. Neuralink. And uh, if uh, if you don't know, Neuralink has to be installed with a robot and the robot will uh, sew, drill a hole in your skull and sew electrodes onto your brain, basically like a sewing machine. And they're selling it. Um, they're selling it in a way where it's like, we need quadriplegics to be the first people that we test on this. And what they're saying they want to accomplish is giving that quadriplegic the ability to interact with an app, a phone, a computer, you know, no, no need for thoughtware, if you will, no need for a, a, a physical interface. Now, to me, this seems like uh, something we've seen before. We're gonna we're gonna put out something extremely experimental and sell it to the public under the you know auspices of we're doing this to help people. If they can get in there and help people, uh, you know, quadriplegics use an app. Uh, why why are why are they not working on helping them get the use of their limbs back? Perhaps. It's, it's never about that. It's never actually about healing you. It's about keeping you just sick enough that you continually need them to, you know, it's another type of, of abuse. You continually need them to, to, to keep you at a certain level. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Elon Musk has, has not been shy about his goal. And this is why I find it incredibly uh, amazing that conservatives have just flocked to him in such great numbers. I think he's just laughing uh, all the way to the bank. But, um, you know, he has said that he wants to con seamlessly connect us to machines, to AI, and ultimately so that AI knows your very thought, your every thought. It, we are now told that that by two, um, 2050, we will all have a, her, our own personal assistant AI that will be able to assist us and tell us, you know, what, what, when we're not doing things right and what, well, is that going to be inside of our heads? That, that assistant, and when, at what, at what point are we no longer able to distinguish between what are our thoughts and what are the thoughts of the, the machine? 
you know, and this is, um, and this is where, if we go back to the re the 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 revolution of youth, this is where I think this will ultimately happen, where they will re, um, well they where they will revolt against against this um, autocratic machine that is trying to possess them, and and you know that I have hope for I have great hope for that. Well, I mean, if that if this all goes through, what do they even need us for anymore? You know, um, Karen, we have to finish up, but I just wanted to ask you, I'm kind of stuck on this. You know, the rich always want immortality, blood transfusions, cloning, genetic uh, engineering, this human animal, chimeras, they talk, you know, all of this stuff. Good luck. They, I mean, they love anything with catchy labels and a cool tech groove. To me, this is totally a bizarre world. Um and we were just talking about Elon Musk, and I don't see any pushback on all this stuff he's talking about out of conservatives or Republicans. Do you really think we'll see this anytime soon, or do we really think this could be 50 years away? Uh, if this keeps going for 50 years, I don't know how humanity survives it. I mean, that's that's the thing, because I don't believe that, that they will ever achieve what they're, they, they cannot, it's impossible for them to achieve their ultimate goals. So, um, so either, you know, there will be enough pushback towards it that it will, you know, but what, whatever happens, if there is a revolution against this, not just some little civil war, but a revolution against technocracy, against the technocrats, um, that will destroy everything. If there is not a revolution, that will destroy everything. So either way, we're in such a position that it will need to be built up again from the ground up, or it's the end and, you know, and and God, Jesus comes back, you know, as, as the Bible says, you know, I mean, that's another, another possibility and read Revelation. And, and it's incredible to see that so many of the things that are said there are happening now. So I don't, I think, yeah, maybe it would take, Neline says 10 years, 10 years it will take of these tests and people are going to line up to be experimented on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is very revelatory right now, isn't it? We got a new temple being built. We got false prophets. I mean, all kind of things are falling into the fold there. All right, we're out of time. Uh, the uh, find Karen on Substack, K H Mezek M E Z E K dot Substack dot com, and at Karen Elaine with an A Hunt on X dot com. Karen, thanks so much for being here with us on State of the Nation here at TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. How dare he? And just like that, Greta Thunberg was no longer the darling spokesgirl for climate change. No, the darling spokesgirl of climate change is now Voldemort Zelensky, president of Ukraine. Speaking at the United Nations, Zelensky said that we must win the war in Ukraine in order to save the planet, save the environment? What? This has gone from the ridiculous to the absurd. But like good little globalist lapdogs, the powers that be in D.C. gave him another $400 billion just because he asked for it. And right on cue, here come Bill and Hillary, the Clinton grifters, announcing a new Clinton initiative to rebuild Ukraine. The war isn't even over yet, but they're already in place to rebuild the nation. Along with who? The Pritzker family from Chicago who supported who? That's right, Barack Obama. It's 
a big club and we're not in it. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The conversation continues with Lynn Shaw, Brian McLean, and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is beyond anything we've seen. The tipping point with no end in sight. It's a total free-for-all in Eagle Pass, Texas over the past few days. Mass illegal crossing taking place, and no one in the federal government cares or is doing anything about this. It's criminal. Esther Valdez Clayton joins us, an immigration attorney based in San Diego, California. Esther, we're up to about 2 million people from every country uh, on earth entering through the U.S. southern border this year. We always discuss Texas and Arizona a lot, but you are right there in San Diego, your hometown, and you are suffering too, sharing a border uh, with Mexico. Fill us in. What are you seeing in San Diego? Uh, Just this last week, the early Border Patrol numbers are showing us that every day along the southern border, there's 9,000 migrant apprehensions. To break that down for you, what that means is that these people are trying to enter unlawfully between ports of entry, and then they're turning themselves in for asylum. In San Diego, we have about 5,000 people trying to enter through this port of entry, the San Ysidro-Tijuana border, and the majority are being detained and released into the streets. There was a community outcry, especially when a video was released. You can look it up on YouTube. These men, mostly uh, young men, Without wives, without children, they were deposited at a bus stop and released. The Border Patrol agent said, you're free to go. You're free to go anywhere you want. Uh, They're fingerprinted. Their background checks are done fairly quickly, but they're not detained. And that's the American dream for everybody that's crossing through the the Darien Gap right now through Panama. This is what they want to see. And more are to come. We have reports also of a caravan of about 80,000 people crossing from Panama over again. So right now it's not just Texas, it's not just Eagle Pass saying that there's an emergency in order. It's not just places like New York asking for emergency funds. Now it's San Diego and the significance of that is, Lynn, is that we are a sanctuary state, we're a sanctuary city, but then when it actually happens for the taxpayer that you have to expend money for health, resources, transportation, medical costs, Nobody wants that. We just had a commercial over your commercial break about Americans that can't even afford food right now because of the inflation that the Biden administration doesn't want to acknowledge that's eating up. Our gas is at $6 a tank here in California, almost $7. This is unheard of. But for the migrants that are coming in, of course, they're so needy. They need all those resources. And the taxpayers from both parties are saying enough. Yeah, I don't blame them, Esther. I mean, I did uh, math is not my strong suit, but I did a little quick arithmetic here, you know, and I'm looking at the numbers right now. And we were looking at uh, Eagle Pass in the first segment here. And we're seeing from what we're hearing from our experts and our people on the ground like you is between 4,000 to 10,000 on a single day in some times. And 
if that were, and I was just like, okay, maybe that's a, a high influx moment, right? So I chopped it in half, and I said, what if 5,000 people a day were coming through uh, a particular state's border for a year? And someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I came up with 1,820,000 people for a year, if it's 5,000 people a day. I mean, how can how can our country stand this? How do we take this? And furthermore, just to attack something on here for a little more complexity and fun, since it's Friday, if there's 80,000 people coming up from like Panama, they're going through multiple countries on their way here. There must be a international setup, an international industry happening right here. So, so talk to us about the, you know, the, the ability of the country to absorb this and anything you may have on that international string of approvals and gatekeepers that might, people might be going through. We're really at a tipping point, and it's a great a question, and thanks for breaking down the statistics. Right now, the fiscal year starts. October 1st, we are set to have 2.2 million migrant apprehensions at the end in one entire year. The size of Chicago has come in. And that's what we know. Those are the ones that are admitted in the in September. We're looking at 140,000 migrant apprehensions. It's up from 30 percent in July. So if you remember when Title 42 was rescinded, the Biden administration was having a victory lap saying, wow, our policies worked. We weren't overwhelmed. Well, no, they're not working. And this all comes down to policy. And that's something that I get frustrated with in conservative circles. When we talk about immigration, the, it's not broken. The system is not broken. But the people that want open borders, they do want to break the system. And this is what it looks like. You overwhelm America. You overwhelm American taxpayers. Even Eric Adams is saying enough. Even the governor is saying enough. But there's forces here in terms of large corporations that benefit. Look at the Wall Street Journal today. There's a great article saying how more immigrants are getting work permits and it's they're filling up a lot of labor and it's unskilled labor that they immediately go to work. They're finding children in uh, labor plants and agricultural areas, manufacturing plants. This is what corporations want. They want the unskilled people that minimum wage is more than they ever dreamed of they want more of them to come in. They're squeezing out the American middle class as well. And I firmly believe it is by design. If Joe Biden wins in the election, this is going to be an ongoing onslaught. Again, 2.2 million just the last year. And for the life of me, I do not understand why the Republican contenders for the presidential election are not focusing on immigration. This is about survival. This is about national sovereignty. There is no America. There is no Hunter's laptop. There is an, um, no budget shortfall if we don't have a border. And we're at a moment where Americans are waking up. They're listening to your talk show, The State of the Nation. This is the state of the nation. It's not looking well. We can't survive as a people for four more years of this. Well said, uh, Esther. You know, here in New York, they finally are saying, uh, Mayor Erica Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul, enough. But they were the same ones that said, come on in. We want everybody. We love everybody. We have places for you to sleep and we'll feed you. And they are now being just totally ignored from the federal government. You know, we just had the UN, the whole week of UN here. Biden would not even meet with anybody here in New York, would not 
you know, go, of course, you wouldn't go and see the migrant hotels and all of this, the illegal aliens. But I want to ask you, in San Diego, I'm hearing they're also giving out now QR codes to people. To what's on these QR codes? So you mentioned fingerprints, right? I I didn't even know they did that. Like I didn't. Is there follow up? Obviously not. Who could who could follow up on all these people? Like where do they go once they QR codes? We want to hear about, but where do they go once they're in San Diego? Because they have to go somewhere to sleep and they have to go somewhere to eat. They just disperse throughout the state of California. This is a lot of to me. We don't know who these people are exactly, and a lot of criminal things, obviously can happen. So where are these people all going that are flooding in? They go to places like Chicago. They go to places like New York. They go to places like Florida where their relatives are already there calling them up and saying, come over. We got in. We were released. They didn't detain us and bring grandma and bring the kids and bring my sister and her children. That's where they're going. And they're going because there's jobs there. And we don't talk about that. Um, very often. But it's not just that these people are coming here and they're sitting around gathering benefits because they don't qualify. They're going to work. The 15-year-old is going to work. The 14-year-old is working. The mom, the dad, everybody's working to be able to afford the rent. Largely, they don't stay in places like San Diego because we're very high rent. Usually, you'll find apartments with two or three families. They're sharing the rent. They're splitting it. Again, they're able to send money back, remittances. But going back to your point about the QR codes, that's very important because the Biden administration, especially I've been an attorney for 20 years, I've never seen the amount of policy changes to streamline, manage, administer, and logistically process vast majorities of migrants. The reason why I'm using that terminology, Lynn, is because at no time are they doing anything to deter, stop, or dissuade this from happening. They're just trying to process it faster with QR codes that they can schedule on the CBP1 app, schedule an appointment, and you're let in. You claim asylum. I fear for my life. I don't want to return from my country. Nobody looks at the evidence, but we do know this that statistically in immigration court, and that's what I do for a living, I'm here in my office, statistically, the majority of these cases are of economic migrants. Poverty is not a qualifier for asylum. They lose their case, but to lose the case, it takes seven years to process. So by that time, they're already happily here, and we don't have the manpower to remove it. Again, I go back to the presidential candidates on the Republicans. They need to leave China right now and the, the Hunter laptop for right now, they need to take a good hard look at what's happening in Eagle Pass. Two days ago, a woman and her two children just drowned. This is not humane. This is not compassionate. But Democrats don't seem to care because for them, and I, I noticed what the the chat rooms for my colleagues, other immigration lawyers, people that are immigration practitioners, they don't see a problem, Lynn. That this is not a crisis. This is just a crisis because we're not allowing them in swiftly. We're not giving them more resources and we can't do it fast enough. This is not a crisis for half the nation. Why, why do you think, you, you know, you, you, your colleagues are obviously smart people, so I don't want to say anything like derogatory, but I assume that a certain percentage of your colleagues who hold that thought and, and just people around the nation we're alive when 9-11 happened. And remember the reasons why we were given this god-awful Patriot Act and this atrocious NDAA that they sign every year, to, approaching a trillion dollars. It was to protect us from enemies 
namely foreign. Now they really like to lean on domestic, but that's another story. But namely foreign, and we know that there's over a hundred and well, like a hundred and sixty some countries that people their points of origins are. Does shouldn't that cause a dissonance in people to to think that hey, you know, we had this terrible event happen. It, it was blamed on, you know, the, these people that came across the border illegally or at least should have been, you know, uh, better looked after or better vetted. And now we just don't care about any of that. I mean, it, isn't that a strange point of dissonance? It, it absolutely is. And it's a shift in priorities and a lot of virtue signaling. If you are um, a, a very liberal, you want to say everybody's welcome to America. We don't own it. It's for the world. America's an idea. The Constitution's flexible. It goes along with their whole philosophy of rules don't matter. No human being is illegal. Let them all come and somebody's going to pay for it. Why not the government? It really doesn't affect me until it does. And that's why we start seeing people like in San Diego saying, wow, enough is enough. This is a safety issue. And I think fundamentally, people just aren't informed. Very few people take the time to listen to your program and really get informed and really think about philosophically what's going to happen to our nation in 20 years. We are at a tipping point. This nation cannot survive what Rome could not survive. I was a history major. There were three elements that happened during the collapse and decline of the Roman Empire. There was moral corruption. And we saw that with Lauren Boebert. Uh, we're seeing that with Mr. Melendez with the corruption. Our elite are very corrupt, number one. Number two, high taxes because of an overexpanded empire. We have that too. We are being taxed, especially in New York. You know what I'm talking about, California. The middle class is suffering through inflation. Number three, in 406 AD, we saw that the uh, river was frozen over and the border patrol equivalent of the Roman guard said, we see a migrant caravan coming. They're coming in the thousands. That's when the um, Nordic hordes started coming in, the Germanic hordes. There was one wave and they withstood. They were able to withstand uh, the Roman walls could not be breached in over a thousand years. Then more and more waves started coming and the Romans started. They continued with circus and bread. They did not pay attention to answer your question. We're at a moment in our society where people are just not paying attention. They are busy on Instagram. They're busy uh, watching who's doing what. We're busy fighting each other over a drag queen story hour. Not that those issues aren't important, but they will not be important if America doesn't survive this. Esther, that was a great masterclass. Just <laughs> laying it out like that. A lot of food for thought there. Esther underscore Valdez, everybody, V-A-L-D-E-S. Can you finish us up, Esther, with what about your local uh, like elected officials? Um, obviously, there's sort of a media blackout. The media is not showing a lot of these images or what we talk about here on TNT, State of the Nation. Um, so that way, people are not really seeing it. Again, unless it's in your face, people really don't care until it comes into their own backyard. Um, what are your elected officials? Is, is there any kind of uh, uh, statements they're putting out or this has to stop? Are there coalitions coming together to fight this? Because, again, this is just escalating. It seems like every hour of the day. And I don't know how much, you know, certainly here in New York, we can't take much more of this. It's it's really beginning to I'm afraid there'll be some kind of war breakout or something. So what are they doing there? Anything here in San Diego? It It's just almost like New York. 
But with the Democrats, they want to be compassionate. They want to be humane. Let's give them more water bottles, diapers and granola bars and gluten free food for the immigrants that want to come over. You know, we can't accommodate them well enough. And the Republicans are all about shut down the border. Why is this influx happening? This is a security issue. I think we can do both. We can tend to the humanitarian needs, especially when their children are being smuggled, women are being raped. We can tend to that, but also we have to be lawful about it and understand this, not just in terms of the border being overwhelmed. We got to finish up, Esther. Esther Valdez Clayton, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Thank you for joining us today on today's news.